And welcome back to episode number three of the Chronicles of the Depressing Flyers. What slight success? Can't forget the slight success. Very slight success. Very. Because I couldn't tell you the last time they went to back-to-back games in regulation. A month, two months, six months ago? Who knows? The season? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Definitely not this calendar year into definitely not definitely not because they won like five <laughs> games now total mm-hmm. but we're back talking hockey uh, but yes there is a little glimmer of hope we are getting very slowly very slowly getting closer to uh that deadline. yes the deadline that elusive deadline that always seems like it's always so much closer and yet it's still a month away kind of thing. We are officially just under two weeks away now. Um, to be exact, 12 days. Mm-hmm. Deadline is March 21st on a Monday, 3 p.m. couple reminders. One, we still got two weeks, so there are a lot can happen between then and now. I still personally think a majority of trades you'll see will happen the day before, if not realistically, the day of, because this is another cap-stricking year. Yeah. And that's also how it happens. So that's one thing to keep in mind, too. Even though the deadline's at 3 p.m., if teams get a those submitted offers in before 3 p.m., trades can tr- still trickle in past 3 that's happened several times before in the past. That happened with the Wayne Simmons deal a couple of years ago. And that's also have, one that we may have of, been on yeah. recording when one of those trades happened. And that was the very same trade. Um, mm-hmm. I also, at some point, um, we are talking about, you know, Flyers course, uh, talking about the league, league standings, uh, trade rumors, trade bait. I have uh, a fun yeah, little just, theory. Yep, with a our beloved fun little Flyers theory by, by Mike Whitmer himself. Mm-hmm. Um, we have probably a few rants here and there, you know, uh, some, some stupid so like every other one of our podcasts. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and there's also one other thing I wanted to actually ask you and before, no, I'm going to let you continue, uh, in just a moment. Um, I want to write it down so I don't, um, forget it. Smart. All right. We're good. Uh, Without further ado, I think everyone's you know. I think everyone has been here it, before. Yes, if not, you know what to expect. It is Jeff with his stat head, as we usually start these podcasts off with. Got it. Holy Toledo, the Chicago Blackhawks. They had two players who combined. I kid you not, for ten points combined between two players in last night's victory. I want to look at. The score was eight to three, and they put up combined ten points. Patrick Kane had a goal and five Boo. assists for six points. Boo. He played just under eighteen minutes of ice time. Dylan Strom, your favorite first round pick, a hat trick and big, an assist. You mean the second biggest bust in that draft? Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Can I guess who the first is? I don't think you can. Pavel Zaka? Tough one. Yes. <laughs> Plot twist. It wasn't that tough. It, uh, no, it wasn't. No. Uh, he played 17 and a half minutes. 
Uh, Jacob Trickman, who is um, rumored to be a very, very anticipated uh, and sought out, um, you know, person to, to trade for at the deadline. Two goals and assists, and up goes his trade value. Uh, eight shots and goal. He's a plus four. Played twenty three and a half minutes. Um, Nick Schmaltz. He's been on fire lately. He's put up like twelve points the last three games. Something ridiculous like that. Another four point ever last night. Two goals, soon assists, and like I mentioned, uh, I'm sorry, that's a different game. Uh, Austin Matthews, he's on a tear. He puts up another hat trick. He's now up to, I believe, 42 goals on the year, which is ridiculous. It's not even the deadline yet, uh, although it should be. Um, Alex DeBrinkett, also part of that Chicago game, a goal and three assists. Mark Shifley, goal, three and assists. And Nick Ritchie, two goals and assists for Arizona. Carter Hart, our boy, 47 saves on 48 uh, shot attempts, a .979 save percentage in the Flyers, 2-1 a victory over the Vegas Golden Knights. Anton Forsberg and UC Saros both putting up a .957 save percentage, 22 saves on 23 shots each in their respective wins for their teams. Um, here are your assist leaders on the season. Jonathan Hooper, do 60 assists on the year. Johnny Hockey, future flyer coming up. He's 51, followed by Nathan Kadri and uh, Comic David with uh, 50, and Adam Fox with 48. Your shutout leaders of the season Jacob Markstrom in Calgary with eight, followed by Ilya Sorkin for the Isles and uh, with five, and tied for third is Jack Campbell of Toronto, Flurry for Chicago, and Tristan Jari all with four. Now, yesterday's scores I already mentioned the Chicago eight to three dismantle over Anaheim. Uh, Jacob Silverberg, Trevor Zegers, and Adam Henrik, the lone goals for the Ducks. And, of course, the Blackhawks were led by Patrick Kane's six-point performance, along with Dylan Sharome's Hattie. Um, Calgary loses to Washington 5-4. to Elias Lindholm getting two goals on the year. Uh, the bigger story is Alex Ovenstrian. He's got two goals, including his 36th goal of the season. But more importantly, that empty net goal was a little bit of history. He tied Yarmir Yager for third all-time in goals. Um, and he needs one more now to uh, pass him. I got to see how many goals he has now officially. But uh, so there's the, uh, uh, the uh, you know, the mark to beat you tonight. He can beat that uh, record tonight, passing Yager for third all-time if he scores one more goal. Uh, if he scores his 767th goal uh, to take sole possession of third place. He scored his 765th and 66th last night. Uh, he now only trails Gordie Howe and, of course, Wayne Gretzky as second and first, respectively. Gordie Howe has 800, had uh, 801 curry goals and Gretzky 894 goals. So with that being said, obviously he's going to pass Yager before the season. Um, how close do you think he'll get to breaking? Because there's an absolutely no way impossible to break Gordie Howe's, uh, you know, goal record by the end of this year. How close do you think he will be? That way, he can break it next year, though. Uh, Within what twenty goals? I'm yeah, just, I'm just literally throwing out a I'd random say, number. I'd probably say like twenty or thirty goals, maybe. So right now, what it's seven, uh, seven hundred sixty-seven, and Gordie Howe, so uh, had, or sorry, sixty-six, 
Ty Yager if he scores tonight, which I think he will, 67. So then he needs 34 more goals between after if if he if he uh, passes Yager's record tonight, he needs 34 more goals. Oh, okay. So realistically, yeah, I I'd say I you think could probably 20. get like 15. 20 to 15, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I think that's actually a lot more realistic than I think either of us originally thought it would have been. So there you go. Also, not to be that guy, um, 50-yard jogger still killing it and playing in Europe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So no doubt about that. Uh, Other scores around the league, you had quite a bit of them. Arizona dismantling Detroit 9-2, to like I mentioned. Nick Schmaltz two goal game and he's been on fire. Uh, Jacob Rana is first goal of the year. Remember, he's out all season long with uh, after having shoulder surgery. So welcome back for Verana. Uh Robbie Fabric, he's 17th of the year. The other goal for Detroit. Minnesota winning against the Rangers five to two. Uh, the Devils top in Colorado five to three. Uh, you had Nashville beating Dallas two to one. Klingberg was the lone Dallas goal. Philadelphia, of course, topping Vegas. Justin Braun and Oscar Lindblom getting the two goals there. Kenny Dadenov uh, with his 11th of the year for Vegas. Florida, 4 to 3 against Pittsburgh. Florida is now 39 13 and 5. So, uh, pretty good stuff there. Brandon Russ did score a goal in his 400th career NHL game. Uh, Ottawa topping St. Louis, 4 to 1. David Braun, his 13th of the year, the lone goal for the Blues. Toronto beating Seattle, who drops to 17-37-5. Huge uh, outburst there. I uh, Actually, Toronto got goals from their big four, all four pieces, Matthews, Nylander, Marner, and Tavares. And, of course, last but not least, Winnipeg beating Tampa Bay 7-4. Uh, Tampa, sorry, uh, Winnipeg, they're only 25-22-10. They're having a very brutal season. And now, Mike, on to the standings. Uh, let's cover that. So let me go over the East because I think some things have changed, but I'm going to go on a little limb here and I'll say it after I give out these um, standings. But first in the Metro, Carolina is still leading the division. They're probably going to take the division. Let's be honest here. Um, with 83 points, 39, 12 and five. Followed by the New York Rangers, still tied points wise with the Ranger for the Pittsburgh Penguins with 77 points. But the Peng for the Rangers, they're 36, 16, and 5. Penguins, 34, 15, and 9. And it's got to be noted the Rangers have played one less game. One, yes, one less game. And in the Atlantic, as Jeff mentioned, the hot but seem to be all season. Florida Panthers, who have won their last four games, around four game winning streak with 83 points leading the Atlantic, 39, 13, and five, followed by Tampa with 80 points, 37, 13, and six, and Toronto third with 78 points, 37, 16, and four. If we're looking wild card wise, it goes right now Boston with 73 points, 34, 18, and five. And then your second wildcard spot with Washington, 31, 18, and 9 with 71 points. And I think that's where you're going to see the playoffs because the guys behind them yeah. are falling too far behind. That's, that's really going to be the playoffs. That's going to be that, the playoffs. That's 100% playoffs. 
I don't care how hot Columbus gets and goes on a massive run. That's literally that's going to put the, the players. I'm sure you'll see the order change maybe between one or two teams. Yeah, uh, or, or, sorry, two or three teams, whatever. Or is going to change a bit? It's, I think Not it's more so going to change. Goes um, the bottom. Wild card in, in the Metro, but I don't think it'll change who takes the it. Atlantic Metro, is staying the same. Yeah, Atlantic staying uh, the same, and I think Carolina staying the same. Everything else, I think, could could flip. Yeah. What I'm very surprised by is. The fact that Florida is able to maintain this incredible run. They've, they've never now won lost four in a row. They've never they lost an overtime at home. They're seven three last time. They're almost undefeated at home. They're 25 and six. Even on the road, they're 14, 7, and 5. Which is, hard to, which is really bad. in terms of home ice advantage. I'm assuming they're still not getting a lot of fans just because it's Florida. Obviously, yeah. I don't watch that many Florida games, but I assume it's still the very few fans that you see there because it's yeah. literally you're playing in Florida. Um, but that's really impressive when you're able to do that. Hopefully, that means you're start going to start seeing more fans in Florida games. I would hope so because they're putting together a hell of a hockey team. Sam Reinhardt, by the way, he just put up a, you know another goal last night. That was what his, I think, uh, 19th or so of the mm-hmm. year. He's having a great season in his first year with the Panthers, and, and they could end up very likely going well. to make the playoffs. Uh, of course, this will be his first ever playoff appearance. So, hey, I'm curious to see what he can bring to the table during the Stanley Cup playoffs. And they could be a tough out too, because a lot of guys they brought in I this past off season, the off season before, was to give some grit and stuff like it. Just just so they don't get hit around too much during playoffs. Series. I truly think that if Aaron Eckblad was healthy last year, going to the round one against the Tampa Bay Lightning, Florida could have won in seven. I picked I had two brackets. One, of course, I picked Tampa. The other, you Florida. Yeah. yeah. And we'll do that again this year, of course. Either bracket, Spoilers. I had that minimum going to six. Mm-hmm. Um, for the, the that series, because I knew it was going. It's there's no sweep. There's no five game series. It was six game minimum for me for my prediction. Now, Florida, they they've gotten become such a gritty team, and I love that about them. And they found their identity, and just as importantly, Anthony Duclair has been unbelievable for them. And I I am really happy for him because. Uh, he's had a tough go around bouncing team after team, trying to make it, trying to make it stay somewhere. And he finally found a team where he can make it work in Florida. And mm-hmm. hey, he's got the speed, he's got the hands. I don't know why either, because he's always put up decent numbers. Where we that's what I'm him. saying, you know. I and I I know he was in New York when and Columbus both times, or at least I knew Columbus he's there when Torch was there. That didn't help. And I think when he was in New York, he, uh, Torch was also there at the time still, too. And I know they still didn't go. Uh, or yeah. see He's got so. three seasons of 20 or more goals. That's pretty good. for This for season, he's already got 23, which is but hey, 23 right now That's at 49 bad. games played. He's already tied his his career most in goals with 23. There you go. There you go. And the way he's going, I expect him to. And to he's already that. tied his career, uh, career high in points right now with 44 points. Honestly, I could see him getting closer to 60 by the time the season ends, mm-hmm. and especially if, if Ford get, is active at the deadline. And they get Claude Giroux. 
and they get called Drew, which help? is a real possibility, I don't especially think nowadays. Something, I don't, not that he couldn't, but if he's on their second line, say he's with Declare or uh, uh, who else? Who else do I want to throw in there? Um, I yeah, I, I gotta bring maybe, up the. I would say maybe Reinhardt. I don't know. I'd have to bring up their it's uh, lines or whatever. But either way, it'd be really, it'd be really interesting to see how they go about their lines. Maybe he'll be with Noel Chari, and they get a second almost line that you can try to shut down people with. Because obviously, you already have Barkov who can do that. But yeah. if you get you bring, say you bring in Drew. And you put him on your second line. You have another line that can you can take some of the load off of Barkov, especially playoff. Oh, hundred percent. And you know Drew will be up for it because that's what yeah. he's always been able to do. That's what he's done all season, pretty much all by himself in his entire career. Yes. Um, I got the lines real quick for Florida right now. Their top line is Carter. I'd imagine that there's injuries here. Uh, Carter. Verhage, Alexander Barkov, and Maxim Maiman. I oh, yeah, I forgot they also had Jumbo Joe. He's on IR. Right now. Jumbo Joe. I forgot who that guy is. But, yeah, but here's the second line. Huberdu, Sam Bennett, and Declare. That's a strong, strong line right there. Their line, Mason Marchman, E2, Listerin, and then uh, Sam Reinhardt. Reinhardt's somehow in the third line. Whatever. But yeah, he's killing it. Uh, Frank Petrano, Noel Chari, and Patrick Hornquist. That to me is a very strong fourth line. That is a really strong fourth line. You got grit and depth alone in Hornquist and Chari, and then Petrano brings a little bit of its scoring touch and mentality to him. Um, so, uh, like I mentioned, I'd imagine that there's some injuries there. I don't. Okay, they have uh, Anton Lundell. He's day to day. That's a huge loss there. Uh, Joe Thornton is on IR. But uh, Marcus Nitsuvar, he's a defenseman, he's an IR. And Ryan Lomberg, I think he's a 40, he's on IR as well. So already, he's a where you, you essentially slot in Lundell, he's a top six player, especially top nine right now with the Panthers. He's only a rookie, but that kid is a stud. Um, with that being said, though, like I don't know how long, you know, so he's only day to day. The Bob's other guys, there are. Bob's still playing really well for them, too. He is. Spencer Knight, I think he got recalled recently by Florida, so good to see that there. Um, I keyword thing, I don't know for sure. I I thought I saw something about it. No, okay. Well, then I don't know what if I'm talking about. If you believe Cap Friendly, he's not up there. Okay, well then there you go. Maybe I'm probably mixing up my teams and and goalies. Um, whatever. But with that being said, though, Giroux would fit beautifully with that team, and especially the way he plays, he would be honestly a perfect fit. Now and and, and he would yeah. fit especially I don't know how long or how long uh, Joe Thornton's been out for, but he can provide the thing that Joe Thornton the reason why they brought him in for. And if he comes well, back in playoff the veterans there too, you got two playoff veterans. Yep. Not only that, but and not even that you could easily. No, I don't think that's going to be my preferred if I was Drew or if I was Florida, but you could easily put them together if you really wanted to. Yeah. And I will say something about Giroux, uh, just like Thorin. E- even if Thorin doesn't come back, you have a player, and obviously you have a player who's won it in Hornquist, but mm-hmm. you have a, multiple guys who have gone to at least a cup final. Obviously, Noel Hornquist, Noel Char, who you who said when they got him was a key 
key acquisition. Yes, it's very underrated because he brings a lot of the strong depth play Ooh. that's very he's physical. He's had a pretty injured from season, I guess, this year because he's only played. Five I know games. that's the only issue. But he's only put up two. He's put up two points in those five games, scoring assists. Yeah, I, I, he's had a, a very tough season. I still think Noel Chari, especially playoff time comes around. I think. I don't expect him to put up like 15 points in 20 playoff games, but he plays that role where he's just a pain in the butt to, you know, to play against mm-hmm. and, and just, he's going to battle hard against the board and he's just going to, he's going to be a pain to play against on the pow- uh, power play, you know, just, uh, or pony kill for Florida, of course, and everything. But for his work, he would easily fit in that top six, let alone, he's especially right. at the top nine and reminder, he can play the wing just as well as he can play center. So he can yeah. go wherever you want him to. Easily. Extremely versatile. Extremely. Um, so. Sorry. We right. got a little off there, but Jeffrey. Just a um, little bit. Real quick. Uh, this West. Yes. We have Colorado, uh, of course, leading the way in the central 87 points. 41-12-5, uh, St. Louis second, closely ahead of the Minnesota Wild for third. St. Louis is 71 points, Minnesota is 69. In the Pacific, mm-hmm. 75 points. Calgary leading the way, closely behind LA Kings, who were ahead of the big school nights. They're 8-2 and two in the last 10, three in a row. Um, and Vegas is 32-22-468 points. And in the wild card, this is pretty close. You have Nashville, 68 points. Dallas, 67 points, Edmonton, 64, Anaheim, 63, 63 for Vancouver. And even if you really want to argue, no, you can out. maybe do it Winnipeg with 60. Like okay. I say, you can maybe argue need, it. You can maybe argue it, but they'd have to go on a long winning streak. Right. right I'd now say, they're playing 500 hockey. Yeah, I would say the cutoff is that absolute most probably Vancouver. I know they're only two points ahead of Winnipeg, but they're seven three of the last ten. They, they won are, two in a row. Yeah. And even and that's it's easier it's easier to try to take it in the Pacific anyways. Yeah, true. So um there's there's some teams here that yeah. uh it's, it's interesting to look at. I'm also very curious one of the teams and we can kind of transition now to the uh trade deadline also, coming up. Not- not going to say it, but it looks like Colorado is destined to take that President's Trophy. Mm-hmm. Not saying that there's a curse or anything. But there's 100% a President's Trophy curse. If you believe in curses. Um, when it comes to the President's Trophy curse, absolutely I do. All right. Well, then they're going to be cursed again. Well, I kind of, well, especially if Drew manages to actually go to Colorado. I hope another team swoops in and takes control of the president's trophy. That way, Giroux and the, and the Avs can win the cup if he goes to Colorado. I'm not saying it's not impossible because he got. Oh, it's definitely not other, possible. You got two I'm other teams saying, with th- at least there have been teams points before. But... There have been teams before also that have won the president's trophy that have won the cup. Yes, but it's, just it's highly unlikely just because there's a president's trophy, uh, trophy curse. If, if you believe in that, like I do. I Call me crazy, but hey, there, there's a curse on that shit. Anyways, what were you saying with your transition? Yes, Mr. Transition says time to transition to 
the trade deadline, which is two weeks away, uh, technically less, way less than that, actually. Um, but one of the teams I want to touch on real quick is Anaheim Ducks. I've been reading up, quack, and quack, quack. for whatever reason, sorry, I'm so hard not to laugh. Quack, 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 quack. Not quake, it's quack. Um, but so with that being said, though, for Anaheim, I've been reading up. It sounds like they're in like a fire sale right now. Like they're taking calls on Maxine Comtois, who's number 60 on TSN's trade beat list. Former which second round pick, today. which, which is, is updated ninth. today. Thank you for that. Uh, for Comtois, he, he was, I, I don't know what's going on with him there in Anaheim, but he was one of the younger prospects there with the Ducks that, um, for me personally, I was, I'm very excited to see what he can do. I think he has a lot left in his game. He's so 22, 23 at most, 23, but yeah. yeah, 23. And he's got a lot way left in the tank, you know? So I don't know why and it seems like he must maybe have he had... just change the scenery. I don't know. I don't know. It also seems like maybe he's had maybe balancing some injuries this season. He's only played yeah. 33 games or I mean, he, he has be been a healthy scratch for quite yeah. a bit too. So that doesn't help. But he's Anaheim, only... they have Josh Manson, number five on the TSN straight bait list. And, uh, Ricard Raquel, number six. Campus Lindholm, their best defenseman at number who, 14. If you're looking at daily faceoffs, they have him at, I think, like one or two or right. They at have least him top five. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lindholm, I think. Yeah. They have like number, they have within top five, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, exactly. But I'll so, just but, say, yeah. in terms of defensemen, if you're a young, if you're a team looking for a defenseman, there's a, good amount of names out there especially if you're looking just for a rental i would go josh manson or uh i went home i'd go trot if you need want that um klingberg if you just want him to try to be uh right now just as a rental and you don't want to deal with when he gets that extension probably good I'd klingberg. That. yeah or if you want to go chick of chin chickering who's number one on uh uh tsn's trade bait board my problem with Chickering and the Arizona Coyotes, they're expecting a King's ransom for him. He's a very good young defenseman. Don't get me wrong. And he has term on his contract. To be exact, he has three years left at a very, very friendly 4.6 mil cap hit. Or if you want a first-round pick, you could try to get Toronto. Toronto's. That's available. Toronto is 100% green deal their first-round pick. Because they um, uh, Yeah. I, I, I agree about that actually with their first round pick. Same with Tampa. Tampa, I'm not surprised. And if you want Seattle's, Buffalo's, or Arizona's cap space. Anytime but, I see oh, that, that always cracks me up. Yeah. But the, those are all, not that I don't think teams would go doing that, but that's more of an off season thing, I think. Oh, 100%. Anything else. Um, oh, look. Jeff's favorite player and Luke Shen's on here too. No, I don't want to do another one-for-one JVR for Luke Shen trade. Okay. Also, Jeff Petrie, too, if you want another defense. Yeah, Petrie. There's so many people on there. But anyway, for Anaheim, real quick here. I, I, And that's what surprises me is I get it that they're like – they're right there with yeah, they're Dallas. Right there. They're only four they're... points behind. Sure, they've lost only one in a row, but they're four and six lost ten. I would skid. be conservative buyers here if, if I were them because it's like you never know. I honestly want to make 
try to make you too much of a difference unless you're still trying to just set some such a shed some salary or something like that and try to well i mean they certainly could because if more, you look but, at the the trade bait list it mentions the guys that they're open to trading manson 4.1 mil cap hit or sorry cap space there 3.8 mil for our card kill that's already but they're huge. definitely not it doesn't seem like they're completely saying oh people are for sale because you would think if that's the case they would say gets lost for sale because let's see him try true. to go for it one more time this is true but and teams need like a Ryan gets lost for their playoff team yeah and I'll say this though compared to how they were a couple years ago they've definitely gotten younger not saying they're yes. young in any sense they still have like Henrik and Silverberg, who are probably their uh, oldest players. Their, yeah, their core. They're in their 30s. Yeah. Henrik's 32, Silverberg's 31. Even Ra- Ra- uh, Raquel, Ricard Raquel, Jesus, is uh, in his late 20s. Um, obviously, got Comtois, but if you trade him, that's one of your young guys you just got not that long ago. Obviously, yeah, he was drafted within got, the last mm-hmm. six years. Mm hmm. I really think, though, for Anaheim, it's I'm very curious on what they're going to do because the moment they make their first trade here, that's going to tell you everything they need to you need to know about what yeah. they're think about moving forward. If they go ahead and trade Hampus Lindholm, they're blowing the team up, which is yeah. ridiculous because they're so close. They're to so good, the and if you're going to try to make the playoffs. You would want those guys. Yeah, you want Cam Fowler. You, not that they wouldn't trade Cam Fowler, but you want those guys. And right now, Josh Manson is on the IR, just for people wanting. Yeah, gotta keep in mind too. I would, I would keep those guys because I assume, and I could be wrong, but I've always thought Anaheim's had a pretty above-average uh, blue line. Yeah, and those three guys play a key part of that. Even Kevin Shattenkirk's on the back end of it. He still plays a key part. Big time. Yeah, he's got 27 points this year for uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. Not that he is... Good for Shaddy. That's either. awesome. Yeah. Good for Shaddy for having a second coming. Yeah, seriously. Because I, I think he really found his game in Tampa. And after literally just w- winning the cup, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, I and, just want to go where I, I can get some good minutes, get a little get extra money, rightfully so. And, and if you're not Anaheim, do you really want? Not that he's playing, he's playing about average. It's not like I say, he's having a decent year. I'm sorry, I was gonna actually say John Gibson, but I was looking at his numbers. He's played, he's played average, but if you want to waste another year of a good goaltender, do you really want to go this route? It's very that's what that's what's so bizarre to me, though. is I don't understand what they're doing. In they Anaheim. also have a, over 11 million in cap space. So definitely can't be cap space wise. And right. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Trying, if you're trying to, I can a hundred percent get it. If you're trying to get draft picks, because this year you don't I have mean, your third, seventh and next year are the years to have draft picks. They're they only have supposed to be this year. They're supposed to be pretty loaded draft years this year, especially the first round talents. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. With that being said, though, like you said, if they're trying to get draft picks, then, then that's fine. But 
then the only other and thing those guys will of, give you those guys will give you draft picks too especially josh manson Mm-hmm. And uh, Hampus Lindholm, Hampus yeah. Lindholm could get you two first round picks, yeah. let alone just one. That's that's my opinion. I, I, that I'm that confident in Hampus Lindholm's game that he could easily get you two first round picks. Easily, Josh Manson. They were reported. It's going to cost at least one first round pick. People were saying, also, oh, give was, him a, a, this is his second time because wasn't he last year being rumored to be dealt? But last year it made more sense because they weren't. Nearly exactly. as they were where they are right now. Exactly. So again, even though that it comes keep in mind, this question too, is why now and what is Anaheim up to? Because yeah. I think they're up to something a lot bigger than people realize. It's either like they're looking at the team as a whole and saying, "All right, here's what we got going on right now," and they obviously it depends on how they play. But the moment they make that first domino, you tip over. It's gonna either just stay put, or it's gonna knock everything over, and they're essentially gonna start trying to even rebuild again, even more. And they're already yeah. big unless rebuild. Want, yeah, unless they just want to keep trying to get young players, or which is true. So which it, is that's fine. It. You can do that. You can, or maybe you're just trying to leverage these guys to get maybe not so young guys, but young NHL ready guys. Yeah. So you don't fall off that big of a cliff but you're still right around yeah now i will say i think anheim could also be a team to acquire large contracts to help other teams make deals again they have 11 they have almost 11.4 million cap space Mm -hmm. in this time right now that's pretty ridiculous it is so i wouldn't be surprised if they acquire a big contract and get a a good pick out of it, like a second or a third round pick and do something else, you know? So the, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if something like that happens. I wouldn't really either. Um, um, all right. What are some other names real quick? Also, here? Just sorry. One last yeah, name. Um, Mark Giordano too. Just if there's yeah, a for team, Gio here, if you're a team that has is kind of young in your blue line, but you're just on that cusp of uh, making the playoffs or wanting to make a deep run. He needs that, that like veteran voice. Obviously, Mark Giordano is I think by far a name. Go back to Calgary. It, it's a good fit. They need help on the defensive side, and and if for, Seattle's okay with eating some of the contracts, I think they. Would I would it. imagine, yeah. yeah. But that's also why I have such a problem with Seattle taking him in the first place. captain. I feel like it's such a waste. Like I get it, you. It would be cool to have a, a captain and a go-to voice for the first yeah, ever. And there's no one better to be able to do that than Mark. Giordano. Exactly, but at the same time, it's like it's just the waste, though. If you know you're getting, especially if you know you're having this bad of a season, it's like well, why'd you make him captain in the first place? Right. It's like you could have just done everyone a favor and just not have him captain, have him as an alternate. And he still mm-hmm. provides that leadership voice. You know, just because of one letter, it's not going to change who he is or how he plays. He knows his role and everything, and so it's like I don't, I, I don't. Th- that's why I wasn't really happy when they picked him as captain. It's like I, it's not that I have an issue with it. It's just like, of course, he was the most deserving out of all the players there, but it's like it's way too early to decide anyone for a captain for Seattle. And now they're realistically going to get rid of him. Yeah, also it's Seattle, so the, the, we, everyone's. Been puzzled with every move they've made. So true, accurate. 
One move I would be surprised that they do make is getting rid of Cal Yorincroft, who they got from the uh, sorry uh, Natural Predators. He was rumored to possibly go to someone like uh, Washington. He only carries a two million dollar cap hit. Yeah, he's a guy to watch out for. Yeah, he, he's having a, a pretty rough season. 12 goals and 16, uh, sorry, 16 yeah, points. points. I'm sorry, 26, not 16. Thank you. But it's just like, I know there's a lot more to his game than what he's shown right now. In Nashville, he, he I mean, if put up some... If you're getting him to say he's the depth center... That's not a bad depth center. No, those, that, no, those numbers aren't bad for a depth center. But and he's thirty, so you already kind of have an idea of who he is. That's true. But I will say, I think on a playoff team now, especially Mm -hmm. the right playoff team, you're gonna be able to, you know, uh, bring up that magical 2017 run he had with the Preds and do some damage. I I I really think he's uh, Mm -hmm. a lot more valuable than people realize. There's a couple decent forwards. That I'm seeing here, but I feel like it's going to be a very heavy. If you're looking for defense, this is the trait. This is the yeah, deadline yeah. to want to get it. And one last last thing in terms of just trade deadline stuff. Also, just keep in mind. Also, since it's so late, I still think there's going to be less value because, especially if you're looking for rentals, because you're really only having for like a month. Yeah, maybe, maybe six weeks if you extend the season a little longer, just because of COVID and all that. Yeah. So that's just something to keep in mind, though, in the back of your mind. Just in ter- if you see some traits don't seem as flashy as you may have thought, I think that's going to be why, because it, it's significantly less games than they would have played in a regular season where the deadline wasn't moved. Also, actually, sorry, <laughs> we're, we're about to get really annoyed here, but still kind of sticking towards. The trade deadline, but moving towards flyers stuff. So apparently the other day, Elliot Freeman said someone called him to talk about the abs and flames games or whatever. And so and the person was wondering and wondered if Drew could play at it at that place or the place that I guess the Avalanche play at for four rounds in a playoffs. And if that, and they wonder if Colorado has any concerns about that. Uh, First off, um, just to be a dick, and I like putting this factor out. uh, Colorado hasn't made it past the second round in the past couple of years, so maybe try to make him pass two rounds first. How about that? But also, if your fear is the fact that a, a veteran guy, any veteran player that you want to bring in to try to get veteran minutes or just to be that veteran person has experience. Why are you making the move in the first place? Every veteran is going to be a little slower because they've been around the league for a while because Drew's 34. You're like, Oh, he's 34. He's has he ever shown any slight signs of slowing down at 34? No, thank you. So, so I'll put it this way. At first, I was really pissed off, and, and I la- kind of lashed out it's, at that. It's a dumb. It's like a dumb. I literally put in all caps, ha 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 ha, like a hundred, like for like an entire minute straight. Then I said, ha ha, sorry, got carried away there. Yeah, that person's dumb. 
Drew gives it 110% every game, no matter how well his team is doing the standings, which is true. But yeah. also, the more I think about it, the more comical it gets. Are you actually questioning the fact that Claude Drew cannot help lead a team and have enough energy, whatever you want to call it, for four rounds? Like, And, and that's the other big thing you also mentioned that I was talking about enough. Get to round three, three before you even worry about round four. Yeah. I know everyone, pissed because on paper, people think, oh, this is a cup finalist team. And I get on that. On paper, the Colorado Avalanche have been a cup favorite every year since the last five years. And yet, they haven't made it into the third round. Yes. In forever. Mm-hmm. Just to there's prove no a guarantee. Point, there's no guarantee either because they have to go up against, I assume at some point, it's going to always end up being Vegas and them. So they're always going to have to go up against Vegas. So even if they do make it to the cup, they're going to be run down because they're going to have some rough series. I got to find out real quick because I can't remember who they lost to. So I'll put it this way. Which one? Uh, for Colorado. So for Colorado, they've lost in round two the last three years consecutively. And then before I that. one of those. Throwing it out there. Shut up. Don't remind me. And then. Wow. The year before that. Oh, okay. That, that's fair. The year before that, that was in 2017-18, where they lost in round one against Nashville, who punted them out in six. And then prior to that, they didn't make the playoffs for three years straight. The last time they went to the conference finals was 19. All right. Sorry. Technically 2000, 2001, because they won the cup that year. I'm sorry. 2001, 2002. Other than that, they have not made it to round three ever since then. Yeah. So that tells you everything you need to know right there. Even with Nathan McKinnon, they have yet to make it past round two. Mm-hmm. His rookie year was their best year to do it, and they lost in seven to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So before Let's you put it this way, too, some of those teams they lost to were in division teams too. They lost to Dallas not that long ago. They lost to Vegas, who they're still going to have to try to. You, if you're Colorado, you have to hope that Vegas loses early in the playoffs. Oh, 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 here's another reminder. You have to deal with Jack Eichel now, too, who's been pretty damn good lately. And they don't have Carlson right now, too. Let's just put that out there. And that's or another Stone. scary thought. Stone. That's, they don't have yeah. Stone. Wait till he gets back. It's going to get even worse for you. So yeah. a team like Colorado, they would need to. Vegas like has Drew. a little more say because people, people think Vegas, too. People think Vegas were Colorado for obvious reasons because on paper. But Vegas more recently, has actually gone to the Cup. They lost. Yeah. And that but, was in year one. Yes. And for some reason, they still fired the I don't know why they fired Kalan. I, I don't understand still have no it. Idea why. And now I hate it because he's with the Rangers. Yeah. I hate you for that, Vegas. Yeah. But yeah, they, but, they lost to Nashville. Uh, they lost to Minnesota. And they lost to Dallas. Plus v- v- uh, Vegas. 
the three of those teams are in division teams that they faced multiple Yikes. eight, what, seven, eight times during the season? Yikes. So it's like, it's try to beat your own teams that you had to face to begin with before you can get to worrying about exactly. the next round and the following round. But my thing with Carl Drew is, and, and I, I, I'm bringing I'd never up doubt, stats. I never doubt Drew. In the I would I'd never doubt him for a Drew millisecond. Drew never shown any time, any signs, especially with him having to take, go back to being center all season, pretty much first line center and all the responsibility he has shown no signs of really slowing down yeah his he may not be putting up near 100 point pace or whatever but who cares the fire suck he wasn't gonna do that regardless all right so here you go ready for this so in 2019-20 the last time the fires went to playoffs there are a lot more playoff games he played 16 but that's mainly because of the 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 bubble with their weird pop formatting. Pop bubble. Pop bubble. <laughs> so it's not really 16, but because he played what? 13 technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 13 because, okay, so three of those games doesn't count, but still in 13 games, he put up eight points. That's pretty good. 2017, 18, three points in uh, six games. 2015, 16, that was a really bad year for him. One point in six games. 2013, 14, 6 points in 7 games. 11, 12, 17 points in 10 games. 2010, 2011, 12 points, 11 games. In 2010, 23 uh, games played. 21 points, including 10 goals. So he has proved that he can bring it. Oh, and by the way, the 23 games played, he went to the Stanley Cup final where he went 6 games. So you can't question if this guy still has what it takes. Yeah, sure, that's 2010, but this guy has what it takes that he's going to, I guarantee you, if he goes to the team in Colorado, he's going to put up more playoff points than Nazem Kadri. Because Nazem Kadri's not going to be playing. Exactly. He very well could have played more Kadri points wasn't, than Nathan wasn't, McKinnon. Yeah, if Nazem Kadri was an asshole, you wouldn't have to worry about trying to get Drew because you know he's going to get suspended. That's the only reason why you get Kadri right. or someone like him is because you know he's going to, at some point, exactly. he's going to do something dumb in the playoffs or he gets hurt or something and he's not going to be playing for you. So I'd say there's that. a 90% chance he'll do something more stupid than 10% chance he'll get hurt. Yes, but either way, there's going to be some reason why he's not playing. So you want that insurance for why, sir, so you don't fall off like you have the past couple of seasons. For the, the moment Colorado fans. gets rid of a player like Kadri, and they're going to lose him in free agency because of the great season he's having. Sure, I'll give him credit regular season. He's been doing somehow amazing this year. But he's going to go to free agency to the highest bidder because he's going to want to get paid. The only thing I will say, if by some miracle Chuck Fletcher's still here, I will meet and I will find a way to meet him every single day if I have to and say, do not sign Azam Kadri. People have been saying he's the kind of guy the Flyers want. He's the kind of guy that fits their culture. The Flyers don't even have a culture right now. They don't even have an identity. So let alone, why would you even worry about a, a massive screw-up on the ice like Nazem Kadri? They need to stay the hell away from a player like him because he's a asset, sorry, a, a extreme liability on the ice. Yeah. So don't worry about it. So maybe him, worry for- about Kadri and him being through four rounds, then you worry about Claude Giroux and whether he can do it. But how about that? Yeah. 
but no, so to whoever that guy, whoever that person is that called Elliot, by the way, I hope you really have to be dumb enough like, to, to give him a, the fact that you have his phone number and call him and, and say that bit of information really. T- how can you know hockey and, and know a guy personally like Elliot Freeman and yet say something as stupid as that is saying, I don't know if Drew has what it takes to go all four rounds. I hope it's responsible. What? Why I, I are you calling me saying no, this? I hope, why, there's why? No res- I hope there's no response where the guy goes, hi, Elliot, are you still there? He goes, oh, yeah, I'm here. Just, you, you know what the, the, my response would be? is that Bill, famous, famous, famous Bill Madison quote. What you just said is so be you know beyond stupid. Everyone in this room is now dumber because of it. Mm-hmm. That's essentially my response. Yeah, it, it was. That yeah. That's what my response would be, mm-hmm. or it'd be what the are you even talking about? Because is that idiotic? Yes, very dumb. All right, let's get to theory time. So, backstory on this. So remember the scene in, in Infinity War. After I'm not gonna lie. Thanos. I fully thought you were gonna uh, quote Moneyball here, but go on. No, it's good thought. It's a good thought. I know you too, um, Will Whitmer. Yes, but no, 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 no. We are at that point. We're we're at the bottom. But <laughs> remember that scene after he snaps his fingers and he's with the mm-hmm. uh, Gamora as a child. And he said he pretty much says like how how he's uh, he did what he was set out to do and oh like asked, you know yeah essentially and she asked uh, what it cost what did it cost and he said everything yep and you know how Philadelphia fans had said that it's the Eagles winning the Super Bowl literally I cannot tell you I don't think that's it hold on meme. hold on hold on hold on hold on so that meme in case people who are in the Philadelphia area or in the Philadelphia sports market who happen to find this podcast or still listen to this podcast um, have used that meme or of that scene to say since then, and I actually, sorry, sorry, Jeffrey, give me a second. Oh no, I'm just, I'm just raising. I know you're one of those people. You're, you're one of the people that said that. Countless of times. I could actually make the case that what if it wasn't the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, but what if it was, the Flyers coming back 3-0 in the series against Boston that costed everything. And I can make the I can make the case for all four teams, but for today's sake, I'm just gonna stick with the Flyers. Because just think just think about it for a second. What after because I kind of forget what happens after that series. Um oh, they, I remember they kicked at, the shit out of Montreal. That's what happened. I remember that one. But I don't remember what happens in game six. Uh, I believe a guy who covered up sexual assault allegations that same playoffs. Oh, and beating that up season. a taxi driver. Don't forget that one. Yeah, that one too. Um, he was skating and then the, the feed just cut out. It was weird. Uh, but I, somehow I, think they the, I think just like we just skip time. We, 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 we Dr. Strange used the time stone to advance time to free HC. That's what happened. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Or sorry, the, the uh, angel draft. That's what happened. But I think it should come back because, you know, they covered up sexual assault allegations that that should be ours. It should be revoked for them because, Very true. you know, Very true. they care more about that than the player safety. Oh, clearly. Yeah, uh, that that should be rewarded to us. But that's a, that's a conversation for another day. But think about what happened shortly after that. 2011. 
even though he was not the same Chris Pronger and he was already dealing with injuries. It was November of 2011, the last time I think the Flyers had a true shutdown defenseman. And that was Chris Pronger. Yeah. And whether he was probably going to retire maybe at the end of that year or maybe two years no. later, only because I, the way he was playing, he, he wasn't his normal self. But he, because of that, he had to retire early, essentially. Yes. And not the way he wanted to go out. But unfortunately, that happened to him. And really, sent, the Flyers have had some good defensemen. His team was still around after then. Obviously, Provorov and Andre Mazaros wasn't yeah, bad. Like, but they weren't. And Provorov's shown some success, but he has to be consistent. They haven't really had a true, true shutdown defenseman since him. And the Flyers made it to the playoffs that year in 2011. Made it past the first round. Barely. Tough. Took Barely, seven but games they did. To they did it. Surprisingly tough Buffalo team. And then that team they came that you beat and came back 3-0. Got their revenge. Not only did they get the revenge, they won the whole damn thing. Well, when so the Flyers. Yes. Then the following year, and a really fun series, but took a lot of energy out of the Flyers, they beat the Penguins and then pretty much got destroyed by the Devils because the Flyers had but it looked like they had very little energy left. Not only that, and the Devils the time, again, they also that, very underestimated the Devils. They did. And didn't the Devils go to the Cup Finals that year? They did. They lost in yeah. six to LA. Yeah, you almost had another team win a playoff series after you, you played them. And that was the last time really they had that much success in the playoffs because they've made the, pl- to the playoffs a couple times after that, but they want to get past the first round. And the reason why those teams had success wasn't really because you had okay goaltending. You overpaid for Brzgalov, and then he bought him out. You traded away Bob, who may have helped the Flyers somewhat in that time. And you had you a very underrated got, Steve Mason. You did. You did. And then he just kept bouncing through goalies. You finally found Carter Hart who appears to be back in his own form in terms of what, what and the bubble season, Carter Hart, not last season, Carter Hart, where he was kind of had a down year. So he appears to be coming back. The reason why those teams had success, though, is because of the Flyers, you know, core that everyone wanted to get rid of. At the beginning of that, there that involved Hartnell and Breer. But after you traded away uh, Carter and Richards uh, and then eventually JVR, but you still had JVR in those three. After that, you had Vorchek, Simmons, Shen, Couturier, Giroux, still killing it. Offensively, you were fine. Defensively, not so great. Because that's right around the time. People made the argument for Braden Coburn, who not nearly you could say was even decent right but even the only reason he was even somewhat good was 2010 because he was paired with pronger exactly because and the reason why i felt like the flyers never had that success is because even with pronger and he was out ordering his age as he probably didn't have that much many years left 
It was just the pure presence of Chris Pronger. It's like it's like what the the Montreal pretty much had last playoffs, except he wasn't as hurt. But Shea Weber, Shea Weber, and and uh, uh, Carey Price played a huge part in why they had that success or as much as success as they have. Chara again, very he's in it, he's probably in his last few years, if not his last year. But it's just that simple presence of him being there that makes teams have to quit or have to think strategically wise. And when you lose that, it's really hard to try to replicate it because for some reason we thought Andrew McDonald was going to be the answer. And that was, that was just the dumbest thing ever. And then in that time you fired Laviolette still kind of thought about that one, but you did. That's fine. I understood it. And then you never really had a coach again until Vigneault, because when because the Flyers really kind of went back and forth in terms of being good and bad. But I think the thing that because I, I still will say this this Flyers team this year, I don't think is at like and in general, just aren't as as bad as they're playing this year. I think the holes that we are seeing is that we haven't really gotten we don't really have the depth as well as we thought we had the depth with the flyers. And as good as that core was, you did have to eventually move on from a couple of them just because of cap reasons and all that. So it was unfortunate you had to lose guys like Simmons or Shen uh, or Vorchek this past off season. It was like, it was hard to, but you kind of had to move on to the next phase. And the good thing for the flyers in terms of this year, at least is that you got, Kim Atkinson, who has been one of the few bright spots outside of Drew. So I actually think when they, they brought Elaine Vigneault in that season, and I could actually make the case that going back to Infinity War and Endgame, the one scenario that I actually think helped was the, the uh, Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Because if you th- really think about it, shortly after that, the Flyers got rid of Dave Hextall. Unfortunately, you also fired Ron Hextall, but completely understandable. But the reason why you bring a guy like Elaine Van Yellen to me is because you want that playoff success. You want that guy that can help you get to that next level. And I thought, and for the same reasons for the other Philadelphia sports team, I thought Joe Girardi was a great hire. I thought Doc Rivers was a great hire. I was I, Nick Sherrion is meh for me, but either way, I thought great veteran guys who can help you when you get to the playoffs. And I thought maybe the Flyers were getting to that point where, especially because you had guys like Konechny, uh showing up and all that. Like mm. okay, maybe we're starting to get somewhere to be that playoff team. So you just need that right person to lead us that the Flyers didn't really have because Haxwell wasn't a great coach and Craig Brewery didn't really fit what the Flyers had. And unfortunately, he didn't really last for a full season because the Flyers are still struggling. But I think it's just shown because when you're struggling, I think the young guys are just because of how the Flyers are playing and their own struggles. It's just making it harder for them to try to find success. And it just shows the lack of kind of depth that they've had. So it's kind of a long spiel, but essentially I think Going back to that meme, 
I actually think it's a 2010 uh, Flyers coming back against the Bruins. You had some success early on there, but not great. You had some good teams. There were holes, and the Flyers made the right choice in drafting defense because they realized, okay, defense seems to be an issue, so let's try to do that. You would have hoped that guys like Ripstov or someone like that would be up here by now. Obviously, Sam Morin, who may be the most unfortunate guy in all of sports with his many knee issues. Like you would hope that these guys would be there, but unfortunately, it just hasn't panned out that way. And I think the pandemic and all that just kind of threw a huge curveball into everything. So I think just with all that being said, I think that's a lot of kind of the reason why you had to see the Flyers struggling this year. Yeah. So I can see which is why this offseason I can see why the Flyers want to try that are kind of quick, not re- really rebuilt, but still want to try to go for it. And I can see and the from, aggressive retooling. Yeah, regressive retooling and what you have been saying too of a full rebuild. Because I can see it being either way, but I think you could still say because any team we can even bring back Colorado into this conversation where you're missing because injuries have also played a huge part in why the Flyers have struggled and the guys who are filled on those roles haven't really stepped up because you've been without it and we don't really know if Ryan Ellis because not that he's really been shown that he's a a, uh, uh, shutdown defenseman but we only had him for five games really four Uh, yeah no five 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 games but even for before then and training camp, he was hurt. So we never had a fully healthy Ryan Ellis. So we really don't know about him. We don't you know would... how well we don't know how well that D pair would have ha- would have played if it would have showed resemblance of that Niskanen Provorov player that played really well together. That's the next best Flyers deeper that they had since Pr- Pronger. Really, you can make the argument because they were playing really well. So what I will say about that, it is certainly is an interesting theory. Um, I'm not going to lie. That, that's something that I, I never really thought of before. It's, it's Again, I thought you would like it because I tied in the, the no, I, I definitely war like and that. So, but I wasn't no, sure if you were going to agree did, with I what like I that. said. So I think you're kind of right, but you're not kind of right. So I'll, I'll put it. You're kind of right in the fact that Flyers wise, not necessarily since 2010, but Chris Pronger's injury. That is when yeah. it changed the franchise for history forever, no matter what. Um, so with that being said, though, it's not for Philadelphia sports, it's it's the Flyers in that moment that that changed their history. Not now, for now, I, I truly believe that the Eagles winning the Super Bowl changed everything for Philadelphia sports. Period, and that cost them everything um, because Eagles fans and Philadelphia fans have been hoping and dying and praying for freaking a little bit of freaking glimpse of hope to get back to the Super Bowl, let alone even just win it all. But for the Flyers, though, the moment that Mikhail Grabowski's stick against the Philadelphia Flyers. In November 2011, with the Toronto Maple Leafs on that follow-through shot, which 
Not a penalty. Not a penalty. No, it's a fluky play. Completely it, fluky play. It was a freak accident. Just did he didn't even even if he had a visor, it still would have probably still, got I it, think yeah. would have hit him because it still would have went underneath the visor. Mm-hmm. I think even with that there, I think it would have it would. I don't know if it would have been as severe, but it could have still happened. Again, just freak play. With that being said, though, ever since he went down, that changed the history of the Flyers and defensemen. Since that happened, literally that offseason, 2012 to draft, until literally this past draft, out of the 73 draft picks, and I just counted this, out of the 73 draft picks, I just went back and looked at all the Flyers draft picks since 2012. They've drafted only 24 defensemen. That is less than half the amount of defensemen. With that being said, though, that first offseason, first draft, they drafted four out of seven defensemen. But four out of seven picks were defensemen, including Shane Gossespair. In 2012, oh, 2013. I miss you. I forgot about you. I know. Sorry, Ghost. 2013, their first two picks were defensemen. Sam Moran, 11th overall, and Robert Haig. Again, Sam Moran may be the most unfortunate guy in hockey. It's just sports in general. 2014, but. Travis Sanheim. 2015, Ivan Provorov. And these are just like the main guys that stand out. 2016, you have Linus Hogberg. We'll see what he becomes. 2017, he traded his rights away, but Wyatt Colonna, uh, seventh round, 2018, Adam Ginning, Wyatt Wiley, 2019, Ronnie Tarr, Mason Millman, 2020, Emil Andre, 2021, a couple of people I don't know, yeah, obviously. But also, let's not, forget, we, let's you, not forget Cam York. He was just and of course, out. Cam York. Thank you. So, again, 24 hours. That is less than half of their draft picks since 2012 they've used on only defensemen. Mm hmm. Other than that, it's been forwards and goalies. 24, that's less than half of them than defensemen. Mm-hmm. They recognized the problem immediately that offseason. They did. And the offseason after that until 2015, where almost every one of their draft picks, actually three, three consecutive drafts in a row they used to draft a defenseman first round pick. Mm-hmm. Three consecutive picks, including Ivan Proferl. Yeah. And Travis Sanheim and their big Sam Moran is a huge body. Obviously, again, what happened to him is just you can't predict anything. You can't look into the crystal ball, see what the kids' future is gonna be like. No. It happens. You know, yeah, it, it's it not, sucks. It, it's, it's up to the, the draft night to get the guys you think are the best just based off what they've done previously. For them to get NHL ready and NHL caliber players, it's up to them coaching. And whoever development. Else, yeah, development, whoever helps with the development. Medical That's why this offseason, the one key thing, clear out the coaching, clear out strength and conditioning. So that and when if injuries are a big issue, make sure you're doing enough. So it's not necessarily because injuries are going to happen. It's hockey. You're, it's a, already a brutal sport. You're it, there's the most happen. brutal sport besides football and rugby. And rugby, yeah. Sorry, I have the I I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, but you're but right, either though, way, you, you're going to my... that sport knowing at some point you're probably going to get hurt. 
whether it's from a block shot, getting hit, the fluke play like uh, pronger, something at some point will probably happen to you outside of just the regular bumps and bruises of playing an 82 game season plus playoffs if you go that far. It's a lot to take on, but I would say get enough strength and conditioning so it's not necessarily soft tissue stuff. I, I truly don't stuff. understand what the issue is with strength and conditioning. I really don't understand it. These guys should be in their the shape of their lives. Mm-hmm. How can they easily have this happen three, four different times? Yeah. One thing I will say, Kevin Hayes, right away. You can see a difference. There's a difference last night. Also, because another, uh, you saw what, you, if you watch the game, you saw mm-hmm. what difference they made. To be fair, though, it was not a strength conditioning or re injury. It was just a. He infection, had an infection but... with his last. So that's why he needed to get that taken care of. And you already see the difference. Yes. So that being said, that wasn't, you know, like a, a re injury kind of thing, recurrence. Um. But again, Overall, I think any though, team I, that would have had the I injury- still would be confident if we if the Flyers clean house, top to bottom, medical staff, training, development, even goalie coach. Probably to be honest, I would get rid of coaches. I would get rid of general manager. And again, here's my problem: it all connects. It all stems to the top. Until you get rid of Con- until Comcast and Dave. Freaking Scott is out of the picture. This issue will not be resolved until Comcast sells the team. This issue will not be resolved. Mm-hmm. They need to be out of the picture in order for anyone in their right freaking mind will understand that actually understands hockey and doesn't say and is not agree son of guns just trying to make a quick buck and try to get fans in the seats. There's barely any fans in there anyway. You look at the Sixers and and their seating right now compared to the Flyers because they actually have it's, a good it's the team opposite, on the it's court. It's the opposite of what it looked like during the trusted process years. Exactly, complete opposite. Right now, what you're getting in the crowd for the Wells Fargo Center for the Flyers is what you got during the trusted process crowd, where it's a Literally shit team empty, yeah. and very very empty. Mm-hmm. You can hear a pin drop probably. You can probably hear the actual players on on the bench. That's how quiet it is. Mm-hmm. Like even the game, the game on Saturday or was it Sunday, whatever, whenever they played the Blackhawks, it was the first game in, in a while where it actually looked like they were kind yeah. of packed. And it still wasn't even that packed. You could still see seats. You could it still see empty like. seats. And it was only because no. you're playing Chicago. But one last thing so, before we get uh, off, I, though, I, yeah, I, I just injury wise, I feel like any team with the kind of injuries the Flyers have been dealing with all season, I think would also probably not necessarily be in the same boat, but also have a hard time navigating it because you are without your number one center. Your number two center has been out for most of the year. Your number one defenseman who you just acquired has been out all season, except for a handful of games, a third line center winger, depth winger or center forward also been out for a good portion of the year. You're young and Farabee has been hurt for a good part of the season from time to time. If the if key guys like that are missing from your lineup, you're just going to be bound to have it. That's what the Flyers need to fix. And they need to find the fix of when those guys are out, that you have someone that can come in and take over or or hopefully be able to help with that. 
or it keeps like just keep it going just not the could fall off and be this depressing chronicle of the flyers with a price of slight success it's not going to continue let's just, just throw that out there so it's not going to continue they're going to lose again yeah yeah but that's all i got this week you got anything else I have one other thing. I'm just going to tease it now, uh, and we'll talk about it next time. Is Claude Giroux for the, the Flyers? I have no doubt they'll trade him. It's only a matter of the right package. Is Chuck Val uh, Chuck Val uh, Chuck Fletcher overvaluing uh, and trying to get too much out of Claude Giroux? Essentially, being the question is: Is this a similar? Situation to the Wayne Simmons deal, where oh, Chuck yeah, Fletcher yeah, going I, into yeah, the yeah. Uh, going to the deadline, looking for an overpayment, and mm-hmm. came out with Ryan Hartman and conditional fourth round pick. Is that a similar situation to what we'll see with Claude Drew? That's where I'm leaving on that. I want you to think about that, and that's one thing I want to talk about the next time when we get to the podcast, whenever the next one, ideally before or within the next. 12 days before the deadline yes. and oh if not goal. even if we don't brought uh we don't podcast until literally the deadline day and wait and just wait to see if he gets traded that's so a great topic because i because yeah. i know we're gonna you know, uh, we're gonna talk you know on, on that day on the pot uh on the podcast that day on deadline day just want to see what we can talk about then until now and then but that's my question is this a similar trade situation with wayne simmons and will you see similar underwhelming value for Claude Giroux. Yeah, you'll find out my answer next time. So if you want to hear my answer, you're going to have to click on to the next episode if it's already out. (laughs) And with that, we'll see you next time.